Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Welcome. Here we go. Yes, I am live. <laughs> Here I am. Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Uh, that song I opened up with, uh, Jenny uh, uh, sent that to me. That's Holly Brewer, uh, who has actually been on the show, uh, but uh, she's a musician. That is called uh, Scapegoat. And uh, a little uh, little controversial, a little edgy to open up the program today, but, uh, you know, it is about abortion, obviously, and that's a, a hot topic uh, currently, if you haven't noticed. But, uh, yeah, um, she was on Holly's uh, a very, very interesting. She was, um, she was a, was she a Jehovah's Witness or a Scientologist or something? She was... She was, uh, she's got a really interesting story and she was able to, to escape that. And, uh, uh, that was, geez, that was a few years ago now that I interviewed her come to think of it. But, uh, uh, yeah, Jenny had, had met her first and then, uh, uh, booked her on the show and we'll have to have her back. But, um, yeah, very, uh, very interesting, very talented individual. Uh, I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the, uh, oh, Jenny says Jehovah's Witness. Thank you. Uh, of course, uh, the Hopknot. Uh, in the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street, right across the street. Today is Wednesday, which means tonight is industry night at the Hopknot, or the Hobnobbin, as a certain individual uh, we know from New York uh, calls it. But uh, we love the Hopknot. Uh, of course, uh, Thursday nights is Trivia Night, uh, hosted by the great Bill Cini, who also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays. But Thursday nights, he's at the Hopknot, and they have live music on Friday night. Uh, Juneteenth is coming up this month. Wow, it's only a few weeks away now. We'll talk more about that as that gets closer, and we got to get Kenny in here for uh, for one of these days. Um, but uh, 
Absolutely. We do love the Hopknot. Now, I'm going to uh, hold off on uh, giving out the number. Uh, many of you know it, but uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, before I give out all the, you know, the, the phone number, the number to text me, the, the email, all of that, as we get some interaction going, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on that. Uh, I'm not going to take any calls for just a few minutes uh, to start out the show today because I want to I want to just uh, just talk to you guys uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, so I wasn't here uh, for a couple of days, and I I'm not going to um, get into the specifics of of why and what the reason was uh, a, a personal issue that's uh, a, a private matter that I've actually decided to keep private at least uh, for now um, because. Um, you know, uh, usually, uh, I, I like to be, I kind of, uh, have always followed the, uh, I like to say I went to the Howard Stern school of broadcasting, you know, I, I he, he's always been uh, pretty open about things on the air, although he, you know, he, he keeps some things private too, more so now I think than when he was younger. But, uh, so I've always tried to be, uh, pretty open about, uh, about that, um, about, uh, you know, when, when things go wrong and whatnot. And, you know, I'm kind of an open book anyway. I'm not a terribly, uh secretive uh, person, although, I mean, I'm not particularly private. I, uh, people uh, people who know me personally sometimes assume that I am because I'm not in the habit, at least not on the air. I'm, you know, I'm an introvert, so when I'm not on the air, I'm kind of a quiet person. I'm kind of shy, you know, so people assume that, uh, you know, I, I just uh, don't like talking about myself. And actually, I don't like talking about myself, <laughs> but but if somebody asks me questions, uh, I'll usually answer them because I'm, I'm pretty open if you ask me. But if you don't ask me, I won't go out of my way to talk about myself, which is actually to my own detriment. I'd probably be much more successful uh, in all that I do if I were better at sort of uh, at talking about myself and, you know, um, sort of marketing myself in that way. But um, but uh so normally I would, you know, I would come in and I would tell you why I wasn't here. Um, in this particular instance, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep that to myself. Um, I will, however, just talk about a couple things that are are sort of tangentially uh, related. Well, how else would they be related? Um, if they're tangential, of course they're related somehow. Um, I don't mean to be redundant or repetitive or to say the same thing over and over using slightly different words. But anyway. You know, I endeavor not to do that. I make an effort to not do that. I, I really try not to do that. Okay, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm kidding. But, um, all right, if I could be serious for a moment, like uh, Lance Storm used to say, you wrestling fans uh, know the reference. So, again, I, I'm not going to get into, uh, I'm not going to say specifically what happened. And, and it, you know, it, it, it killed me not to be here. It was actually a difficult decision to take a couple of days. Um, historically, uh, I have uh, I have rarely missed any time. I don't even like to take time off. And in fact, the, the irony of this is, um, and it's a sad irony, but I was quite thrilled when Peter told me, you know, because for those who don't know, Peter White, he's not only the uh, morning show host here at WMNH, he's also the program director. So when he gave me the heads up that I could come on Monday if I wanted to, because usually we're totally closed for Memorial Day. That's one of the big holidays where just nobody comes in. I mean, the station is still on the air, of course, as programming running, but it's usually a best of. But uh, Peter let me know um, at the end of last week that if I wanted to come in Monday, I could. So I made the big announcement, hey, for the first time ever, uh, we'll be live on Memorial Day. I'm, I'm, I'm told I can come in. I'm going to come in. 
And what ended up happening was not only was I not here on Memorial Day, I was not here on Tuesday either. And I let Peter know on uh, on Monday, I said, I think I'm going to have to take today off and I'm going to take tomorrow off as well. Um, I have a personal uh, situation I have to deal with and this is going to take a couple of days. So I'll be back on Wednesday. So I, I let him know that. But it, it killed me to do it because I, you know, I've, I've been here at WMNH for, it was five years in April. We celebrated my five years here back in April. And I, I can honestly say I've missed very few days. Um, in fact, I think the only other time I've ever been out for two consecutive days uh, where uh, it was um, not not planned, you know, because obviously, like, you know, there are certain holidays that we, we take off or, uh, you know, we always have a, a break every year between Christmas and New Year's, you know, like that. But, you know, or we have a long weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Although, actually, I usually come in the Friday, but just not Thanksgiving Day. But anyway, I think the only other time in the five years that I've been here that I've had to miss two days in a row was back in, I think it was 2018. It was that long ago. When I had that uh, longtime listeners who've been with me all these years might remember, I had a, a throat infection. One of my tonsils was infected, and it was so severe, I was having trouble speaking. So I had to, um, you know, they put me on an antibiotic to kill the infection. I'd never had anything like that happen before. I think I had strep throat once when I was a kid, but a tonsil infection, that was weird. And obviously, I still have my tonsils. So um, I think that's the only other time I've ever missed a couple of days in a row like that, and that was uh, due to illness. So I take a lot of pride in that, uh, being, you know, a, a, as a professional, being being consistent, being reliable, always showing up. Uh, if for any reason I can't be here, a best of, you know, I've got something like uh, 800 best of episodes. I've, I've No, not that many, but I've got quite a few of them that I've produced. You know, if I'm not here, a best of automatically plays in that time slot, so... But, um, you know, but, but I take a lot of pride in, in my, uh, you know, being dependable and, and having that uh, professionalism because I, I take this very seriously. You know, I have fun doing it. We have a lot of fun here, but I take it very seriously and, and the responsibility of it. So it really, it really killed me to do that, to take Monday and Tuesday off. Um, so as you can imagine, what I was dealing with was uh, a unique uh, circumstance. Now, Again, I'm I'm not going to get into the specifics of what it was, but I wanted you know I want all of you to know everyone who listens, whether you, whether you listen every single day, whether you only listen once in a while, whether you listen because you love the show, whether you listen because you hate the show. There is such a thing as hate listeners, after all. I know I've got a few of those out there. Um, you know, I, I want you to know how much I appreciate all of you uh, more than I can say. I'm sorry to get sappy, but. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want you to ever think I take that for granted. And that's why I just, you know, don't show up for a couple of days. It's nothing like that. No, it was, it was, um, it was a, a, a personal emergency. Um, now again, without getting into the specifics of what it was, um, a couple of things just related to it. I, um, you know, there's, there's, there's two things about me that I, I really kind of, uh, get in the way. <laughs> Uh, where I can't get out of my own way. You know, you've often heard that expression. Um, one is, and again, um, regular listeners know this about me. I'm pretty open about it. I don't try to hide it. I think about 10 years ago, I gave up on hiding it. It's exhausting. Uh, I do struggle with depression. And um, uh, I think it's gotten worse uh, over the years, to be honest. Um, and... Uh, 
you know, I, I, I try to manage it as best I can. Um, doing this show every day helps, but I, like I said, I just couldn't be here Monday and Tuesday. Um, but, uh, so that's a bad thing about me. Now, a good thing about me that ends up backfiring though, is, you know, I'm very, I'm a very motivated person. I'm very busy. Uh, Jenny always uh, tells me I, I need to take more time to just chill and recharge and whatnot that I don't get enough rest. Although I think I've gotten better about that. But, um, you know, but I am, I'm, I'm very uh, driven and ambitious and goal oriented. And so I'm always working on something. Even when we are relaxing together, maybe we're watching something on television. I usually have my computer, my laptop in front of me. We're <laughs> doing some sort of work. So, um, so it's it's rare that I truly just completely uh, rest. Um, so I've got a lot going on, but what I uh, what I know and and it it kind of precipitated the situation I found myself in, where I had to take a couple of days off. Is um, because I have a lot going on, and because I have a lot that I'm trying to to do, and. Um, and I, and, and it's all good stuff. I don't mean for it. N none of it is a burden. You know, I love coming in and doing this show every day. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I love everything else I'm working on. I love doing hypnotherapy. I love, um, yeah, we're getting ready to, uh, on, on my uh, website, we're, uh, relaunching our e-commerce, uh, uh, features. And I'm very excited about that. It's all great stuff, but it, I, I get overwhelmed. And um, I think this is probably uh, typical of people who uh, struggle with depression, but who are also very busy and take on a lot of things and, and take on too much at once is um, that is a trigger. When I start to feel overwhelmed, that absolutely is a trigger for the depression. And, oh, it's frustrating because what, what happens to me is, and I'm, I, I think after all these years, I'm finally identifying this particular pattern. Um, I, I begin to feel that sense of overwhelm and the overwhelm, um, causes fatigue and it causes me to slow down. So even though I'm trying to get a million things done, but I'm, I'm so, I'm becoming so overwhelmed mentally, I end up not getting anything done. And, and I get, and then I get frustrated with myself and I'm not accomplishing what I set out to get done that day when I woke up in the morning. And okay, today I got to do this, 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 and I'm not getting any of it done. And uh, and then I'm I'm feeling badly about myself, and that spirals all of the negative thoughts that I have. Uh, some of which are pretty bad. I you know I, I do struggle with uh, suicidal ideations, which we've talked about on the show. Uh, they are not actionable, so I'm not in any danger. To be clear, so I don't want anyone to to worry about that. Uh, I, I am not capable of harming myself or anyone else, certainly, especially, but, but, but I, but I have the, I just, I have the thoughts, but they're not actionable. So, but, um, but it does get that bad when I, um, now the, the way to deal with overwhelm, uh, whether, uh, whether it, it triggers depression or not. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I, and I know this, I just need to put it into practice more. Uh, the way to deal with overwhelm is, you know, you, you prioritize and you organize. Those are two key things. You have to prioritize what are the most important things to stay on top of. So I don't mean just what are the most important things 
to 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 do on a particular day. But in my case, with my uh, particular situation, um, which is what, again, this is what precipitated what what's been going on with me. Um, you have to to prioritize over the long term so that you know every single day you're working on what are what are the most important things first and making sure you've got that part of it set so that you can also work on the other stuff i know i'm being very vague i'm just trying to explain that uh because i do feel like i owe you guys some sort of an explanation you know um i've got some very wonderful people some wonderful audience members i see people in the facebook live chat who you know, uh, I I owe you guys some sort of an explanation. So why why I wasn't here for two days? So, um, so the overwhelm triggers the depression, and and it becomes a spiral. It becomes a cycle. You know, like uh, then I'm then I'm struggling with a bout of depression, which makes it harder to stay on top of everything that I need to do. But because I'm not staying on top of everything that I need to do, I'm getting increasingly frustrated with myself, and becoming more and more depressed. See, it's a cycle. And I'm sure some of you can identify with that, uh, maybe, um, as John Hopwood would say, in kind, if not degree. Um, you know, even if, even if you don't struggle with depression, everybody gets overwhelmed sometimes with things. And, and, you know, maybe you've got too much going on at once, too many things that you're trying to do, and it causes maybe not depression, but, but just uh, anxiety, or, or maybe it just causes frustration, or whatever it is. So... Um, so I need to, um, and that's uh, part of what went into the last couple of days, kind of hitting the reset button in terms of what my priorities are and, uh, you know, staying on top of the most important things first so that the less pressing issues I get to those when I make sure that what is most important is set going forward and so forth. Um, so, uh, I will try not to let that ever happen again. Um, like I said, I was, I was excited when I got the green light that I could be here Memorial day because I've always had to take Memorial day off. I was like, Oh, great. I'm going to do a Memorial day show. This will be cool. You know? And then, uh, and then I wasn't able to be, be here Monday or Tuesday. Um, but that's what happened. Um, again, without getting into specifics and no, I didn't, I didn't have a full blown nervous breakdown or anything like that. I didn't try to, didn't try to harm myself. It's nothing like that. I just, I just want to keep, I just want to keep the central issue private, but give you some idea of what I was dealing with, uh, uh, concurrently. And I will, uh, endeavor, uh, to do better, uh, do better for for myself and and for Jenny and for all of you who who uh, continue to support the show uh you know um and, and and maybe that's maybe that's part of uh maybe part of of sort of reorder uh, reorganizing my priorities you know maybe it's um I don't know maybe it's time to move on from from the show you know maybe, <laughs> I'm kidding that's that's totally a joke you, you're not getting me out of here <laughs> no 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 no, I, I I love this. I, I love coming in here every day. This this will never stop. As as long as as long as I'm allowed to come in here every day, I'll I'll be here. No, that was a joke. No, um, it's it's just uh, uh like I said, I just it's a, it's a matter of being organized and, and prioritizing. But uh, no, but I lo I love being here every day. So anyway, that's my vague, uh, probably frustratingly uh, so uh, explanation of where I've been for two days. 
I'm back. And uh, I believe uh, Texas Mike is joining us today in the uh, second hour. Jenny in the chat room says, uh, that's so not funny. Ugh, my tummy went into my throat. No, no, no. And and and, and if I ever did make that decision, by the way, Jenny, I, I would discuss it with you. I wouldn't just I wouldn't just come on the air and and uh, blindside you with that. No, no, no. Now you're not getting me out of here. <laughs> I will always make sure I have time in my schedule to come in here every day uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. weekdays because uh, I do love it so much. And I love all of you so much. Uh, the audience who supports the show, our sponsors, uh, the management here uh, who has given me this amazing opportunity. And uh, like I said, we, we just celebrated five years in April. And here's to five more. So if you're listening at the Hopknot right now, uh, raise a glass. And uh, here, here's, here's to five more. Okay. We will uh, take our first uh, call of the program today. And Ron is on the line. Hi, Ron. Hey, good uh, Not good morning. Good afternoon. I just wanted to say that uh, as a devoted listener, and I know there are many out there, there has to be. I mean, I can't be the only one. Um, we don't need to know your private matters and everybody's, but we do care. And uh, when you weren't on the air, um, you know, people like myself say, geez, you know, what a shame. Because uh, I turn on to the radio because I get something out of it, just like Peter's show and Paulie's show. Uh, so it's great to have you back. But I, what I'd like to say is, Yesterday, when I was listening to it, you had a replay that had Jenny on it and John Hopwood, and the discussion was over uh, assault rifles, and I never was so impressed. I I don't want to see someone get beat down. That's not my goal here in my conversation, but Jenny was standing on John's shoes, on toes, and he couldn't get a lick out. He, You know, when, when most people would be affected by John because of his intelligence and, and there's so much so many things that he knows mm. and how quick he can fire. She was on auto fire and she wasn't just rambling. She had facts and fictions. And I was saying to myself, She's Oh my God. So, you know, that was my yesterday's story was riveting. Is she looking for a lover? John John Hopwood has just arrived. Yes, uh, banished yeah, from did. my own yeah, TV oh show. Sorry, what, you were both well, talking at the same you know, time. Don't give, that wasn't to <laughs> that uh, tear you down, me. but I was like, wow, <laughs> I saw you had some competition. That was my point of the conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, because like I was saying earlier, Ron, if, if for some reason I'm not here, a best of automatically plays. And I think uh, I think yesterday's might have been the best arguments edition of the uh, because some of the best ofs that I've produced over the years have a specific theme to them, and uh, yes, I, I think that might that must have been from the best arguments episode of uh, Matt Connerton Unleashed from the uh, very PTSD well, period. Yes, <laughs> but I'm glad yeah I'm glad you enjoyed that, Ron. And Ron, I uh, I'm a fan of yours, so well, I was harsh the other day. Oh. I'm just a disgruntled veteran. Oh. Who, who went down yeah, to the well, congressman's you know, office that isn't open. Many people say, don't don't say thank you for your service. I I don't know what other words to use. But, uh, uh, that used to irritate I me. I have what I have today because of veterans, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was bummed I wasn't able to get in here Monday for the Memorial Day show. But uh, For your uh, disrespecting veterans uh, planned show. Maybe it was for the best. Maybe. No, He was going not. to fl fly, no. uh, fly us over the uh, coals. No, no, no. 
Now, uh, my my father's a veteran. He was uh, he was in the Navy. He was Vietnam a Navy SEAL. Vet. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Ron, we love you. Thank you so much for the call, my yep. friend. Always, love you back. Always Pizza nice to hear from no. you. Okay, guys. All right, take care. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was uh, that was Ron. If you'd like to get in with a call, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. John Hopwood has graced us, and uh, what's going on? Why are you here? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to see you, but uh, you you should be on your television program right now. I came to make an appeal that we all send positive energy to Eric Pilcher, who could not be on my show today. Yes. uh, So I've been raising uh, uh, energy for him, going to all the various businesses. mm Mm-hmm. Church, all the churches are closed too. Um, Eric, I I did uh, uh, communicate with him earlier via uh, a Facebook Messenger, and yes, uh, he's needs he's, a boost. Yeah, he's having a, a hard time himself right now. Um, I think he struggles with uh, some of what I struggle with, and um, well, we 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 love Eric, great uh, great guy. He's a, and he's the host of our classic film review every Friday, and he is a frequent. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Let's not mention what's coming up. And he is triggering. And he is a frequent uh, contributor on your program as well. Right, uh, except that we've reached the agreement that Gonzo can never be on a movie show again. Why is that? He's just disruptive. So uh, what's going on today? Why aren't you on your show? Because they're talking about sports and. Uh, Wait a minute, who's they? They the the all the all infamous they they that have raised gas prices they that have shut down the pipelines they that have caused all these wars that mean i only have two dollars to my name they who shut off all my benefits because of the letter that they say they sent and it never arrived so they cut off all my benefits wait 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 hold on okay they okay so obviously after that uh little uh tirade i have uh <laughs> it's I, actually I, a I, reference to I, the wild bunch okay I, I was gonna say i have uh i have several questions just based on that alone but i would like to return to the central question uh if for no other reason then i'm just really curious wait a minute so are you saying there's are there people on your is your television show live right now and there's yes, other it people is. and there's other people on it talking about sports yes oh kyle clayton is the host oh the co-host is a mikey texas mike oh and then there is the deleterious influence of Gonzo. Oh, so the three of them are on your television program right now. Or as I put it, yeah, but I had to start off on it, even though I had to go somewhere, because the person I refer to is Mike Gonzalez in the role of Gonzo. Ah. I was late yet again. Okay. Even though he was there with Kyle and me, he just disappears. Mm. I, I'm starting to think that he's not even like uh, the jealous one, envious. Oh, I have something. I have something he, about him. He might be like a gaseous formation from one of the uh, Saturnalian planets or something. I, I just a, don't think he's a human being. I've, I've suspected as much. But Gonzo uh, just is the, he's just not there anymore. <laughs> you're going to go on air. Where'd he go? So, so like, yeah. So you're. Hey, one of the jealous one envious as farts has more of a of a enduring presence than Gonzo. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So your television program is live right now. Without me. Without you. And you're here instead. Right. Which I'm very flattered by. I'm honored uh, that you'd rather be here uh, oh, than I... doing your television program. And I'm sure they're very honored that you trust them with it. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> but... I wished I'd put my the thing, disclaimer, you know, before it, but... Huh. 
if the studios burn down or whatever. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Yeah. Uh, hopefully but the fire Mike, hopefully the fire will be contained on the fourth floor. Texas Mike is there and you know there's one mature person in the house. Right, Texas and Mike. if the other guys get out of hand, he'll pull out his branding iron. Ho- or the uh, lasso. Or is it a lasso? I believe it's a lasso. I like the lasso. Well, I think that's but how they pronounce it on the west side. That's the French pronunciation. Yes, the lasso. The lasso. And Mike is still insisting Texas Mike that he went to Dubois, Iowa. <laughs> I still think it's Dubois. It's Dubois in Louisiana. In Manchester, in the West Side, it's Dubois. Because uh, I grew up with people with Dubois. Uh, that, frustrates, that frustrates me, and I don't even know why. Well, not everybody's got a name like Covington. That's, that's so easily remembered. That's true. Mac Covington. Oh, I have something about... Yeah, a jealous I one. Something envious. about the jealous one. Let me give the number again: 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. But here's the what latest. On, here's the latest on the jealous one, or as, as our friend Dirk Don likes to call him, uh, the pizza guy. I don't like to call him that. No, because, because Ron's the pizza guy. Right, Ron brings us pizza sometimes on Fridays, or of course also Greg Joseph of Clemento uh, yeah. is one of our great sponsors here. I don't want anyone to think I'm talking about him, so I still refer to him as uh, the jealous one from New York City. So. He got. Uh, he had an opportunity uh, to bring his program, uh, the, uh, the the Jealous One show, we'll call it. WMNA? To uh, no. Well, that was way back. No, uh, he had an opportunity to be on on an internet uh, platform that actually runs a couple of different stations uh, in the UK, and he was very excited about this. You know, because we watch these videos that he posts on YouTube, he's very excited. He was going to be uh, international. What is this, some like national front racist uh, radio station platform? No, that would be perfect for him, but <laughs> but no, and that, but no, it's actually Sorry. it's actually not that, and that's why he ran into a bit of a problem. He got it got into a pickle because, because they listen to his stuff. Yes, but he blames me. It <laughs> is, is your fault. This is amazing. So, uh, yeah, so he thought he was going to be doing his online show on these uh, these platforms that are run out of the UK. And then uh, the gentleman, uh, I guess, uh, realized who he was, was already familiar with him from his calls into this show and into the Charles Richardson oh, show. Re- yeah. Realized who he was and said, no, we can't we can't have you. You're racist. You, we can't have you on our uh, on our platforms. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're, you know, there are some people that are racist, they're unconscious, and there's a big discussion over there. That's why critical race here and everything that, you know, uh, if you're, like, uh, white and, and you're not actively against racism, you know, it's mm-hmm. an argument, but you'd be racist. I don't, that's not even CRE, I think. 
But uh, then there are people that are just casually, you know, they're not hateful or anything. Right. Like Norm would say stuff that would be irritating, and they irritated you. But with Norm, I know, he's not really a hater or anything. Right. But, he didn't have any actual hate But he would just, because he got, you know, he got the Trump, uh, I, I, him and Trump, well, Trump's still alive, right? But I think he has a satanic soul that well, Norm, you know, he has to go through purgatory. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. and that's not where Trump's headed. But... Uh, <laughs> When you're saying the word racist, they're racist with small, you know, R-A-C-I-S-T. Then there are people that, you know, like, a, a, I'd say even Trump, the capital R. And then there are people that are just uh, like that joker from Louisiana who had the National White People's Party. David Duke. Yes. They are racist. All R-A-C-I-S-T. And the biggest font you can imagine. Yes. That's the jealous one. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> But <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. But it's funny because he blames me and uh, and uh, associates of mine, of course, like Billy Painter and Dirk Don and Jenny, of course. He bl- he blames all of us because he thinks that we ratted him out to to to, to these platforms that he was going to be on, which is not what happened. They just they just realized who he was. Yeah. But, but he but he blamed. But he needs somebody to blame. He needs a scapegoat. Scapegoat. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's it's funny. Talk about a, a, a peach dish of uh, just, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Peach dish of disgustingness. Yes, yes. Uh, we should uh, say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Mike Palapita joins us. Mike from another one of our great sponsors here at oh. WMNH. Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall. I'm sure he honored General Sunbeam uh, this past Monday. I'm sure he did, yes. He is buried in the cement, after all, in the basement. Mm-hmm. We, they called the concrete. Yes, yeah. yes. General Sunbeam, greatest military mind since sliced bread. We could use them today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miriam Banish is in the chat room. Uh, Miriam says, yay, so happy you're back, Matt. Thank you, Miriam. Uh, Rocky Huber also joins us in the Facebook live chat. Jenny, of course, is in the chat room and says, shalom, peeps. Uh, she also says, Holly Brewer rocks. I uh, opened with that uh, a song uh, also called Scapegoat, uh, coincidentally, Ooh. from uh, Holly Brewer. Uh, Rocky uh, posed a question in the Facebook live chat that I absolutely cannot read on the air. Because it's obscene? Yes. Um. No, but uh, Norm's show in, the ne- in a week or two is going to have more about UFOs, the JFK assassination, and, of course, Rocky's fetish about being probed. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. Tom Blanchard is in the Facebook live chat. Hello, Tom. Also, Eric Street joins us. Uh, Eric Street says, I thought the station was off on Memorial Day anyway. Well, yeah, so usually we're closed uh, Memorial Day, and it's just it's just repeats and best ofs. And, and then I was given the option to actually come in on Memorial Day, which I was very excited to do, and then uh, I, I was not able to. So um, Charles Richardson joins us in the Facebook live chat, of course, uh, from the great state of Florida and host of the Charles Richardson show. I don't think Florida is a great state, but I'm just, uh, well, I, I'm know, just you know, you know it's a male... <laughs> Can I, I, are you B word? Uh, Charles says, uh, Alyssa yells at me when I have my cell phone in bed when we're watching TV. Ah, uh, yes, when you're doing doing the multitasking there. Um, oh, I have a funny story about that, but that's from Matt Connerton uh, Unsheathed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. boy. In bed mm. where the glass of scotch... Uh, the uh, remote uh, uh, and, uh, you know, the NBA finals uh-huh. on the big TV. Wow. Oh, boy. What a climax that story had. Well, there's a reason that program is behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Rose from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts joins us. Hello, Chris. 
Uh, Jenny shared the uh, suicide prevention hotline uh, in the um, or suicide prevention lifeline, I should say. Is somebody uh, uh, contemplating suicide other than me? Well, no, I was just I, I was talking earlier about uh, I was explaining uh, just suicidal ideation without getting specific. I was kind of talking about the last couple of days and uh, I, I did mention, you know, I have, you know, they're not actionable. I'll never actually harm myself, but I do have them. Yes. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. And uh, it's been triggered in the right. last uh, after getting cut off and then dealing with the government. Yeah, no doubt. That's, I guess, I, when I came in hearing uh, Ron, and it's nothing to you, Ron, talking about Memorial Day and, and stuff, and it's like they treat veterans, the government treats veterans like, mm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's the only pension I have left, all $300, $301 of it. Jeez. Well, that's all right. It's not like uh, there's inflation or anything. <laughs> um, and gas is cheap, right? So I paid cash today. Now I have $2. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, Charles uh, also says in the chat, I also struggle with depression, anxiety, and ADD. I'm seeing a therapist for all of that. Me, the the same list, but ADHD. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Kevin, uh, our uh, mutual friend, has written uh, some books about that, ADD and ADHD. Um, Jenny, oh, sorry, go ahead. I also have a hole uh, near my basal ganglion. Uh, have you seen a doctor about that? Well, they found it out because on a CAT scan, it looks like I've had a stroke. I actually have no but idea what a, uh, that sounds like. That's uh, ganglion is. Yeah. Is that like uh, from Star Trek or something? You you can travel there? Star Trek, not Star Wars. Yeah, no. I hope it was you. Maybe when I drop by Friday, we can discuss that, that very hot issue. Cause, you know, you're recovering. You're in recovery now. Recovery? Yeah. From what? your de- is that why you weren't? Uh, well, we don't want to talk. It's you know, it's I, 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 it's yeah, complicated, yeah, yeah. and I actually didn't get into the specific and, you know, reason. There are triggering things, you know. Yes, remembering past events, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tail bobbing, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, Jenny says in the chat, "You are a workaholic, and I love you for it. I respect it, and wouldn't want you to be any other way. I love <laughs> that. I love that we can uh, both do things we love and things we need to do together. You have nothing to apologize for. Well, thank you. I tell you, when you do a, a workaholic and have stuff to li- uh, work on, all that it does, you know. Yeah, you get overwhelmed. You don't have to dwell. Well, I'm thinking you don't have to dwell on the. Uh, well, that's those yeah. Things. That can be helpful. Yeah, keeping busy can be. Uh, with gain, uh, like you do very, you have gainful employment. Keeping busy without becoming overwhelmed. Me, I wind up in the studio uh, listening to uh, uh, Glenn R. J. Olette doing his his latest. It's uh, <laughs> "Touch Me in the Morning." Oh boy! Oh, that would be oh, a great boy. song for him to do. Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> I uh, I don't know where the acetate is right now, though. Uh, Charles posted uh, hashtag support Connerton. Oh, thank you, Charles. Uh, oh, don't do that. <laughs> Rocky Huber says, uh, I also take medication for depression and anxiety. That's why I can't be alone with my thoughts. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, John Paul Vigneau, who I'm still sure. Vigneau. Vigneau. Is it Vigneau? Is that how Vigneau. you say Because there was Perry, well, Perry Vigneau. He dated Sue when we were in the eighth grade. I later was no. shacked up with her, and she drove me to join the Army. Oh, of course, yeah. If yes. I waited two more months, I could have gotten to the Air Force as an officer, but I might have liked that. Yes, yes. Well, hello uh, in the, uh, he says, uh, let's all raise a glass for five years, yes. Five years of what? Well, it's five years I've been on WMNH as of oh, April. Oh, Soviet, very Sovietish. Oh, five-year plan. Five-year plan, that's right. Oh, yeah. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? 
Hi, Maddie. It's Gary. Hey, Gary. Is it the Gary? Uh, I love you. Uh, love you too, man. And, uh, yeah, I know how you feel sometimes. And, you know, you can you can count on me to love you and Jenny because you guys helped me through a lot last, last year. And uh, I can't see you leaving the radio. Oh you no know, no no! We have too much fun. No, I was I was kidding, of course, when I said that. No, you're not. You're not getting. Yeah, me I out. know you were. But, They're going to have to chase know, me yeah, out of here. I was worried. I was worried. I prayed they might. for you. I know. They might. You know. You know, <laughs> you know. I prayed to the big guy upstairs for you and stuff. And, Thank you. You know, you and Jenny. You're, I love both of you guys. You know, are just really good people. Oh, and, th- uh, thank you. You know, I'm here. I'm here, and uh, you know. I love you, and I, I don't want anything to happen to you, and I had those same things happen. And But you got your music, you got your you got your show, you got all of us that love you. You got your gal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And you know, you got that beautiful lady, Jenny. That's right. You know? That's right. Who I love, too, so... You know, I've noticed that's that's one special lady. <laughs> yeah, so. yes, she is. But yeah, I just wanted to I just want to say I love you, Maddie, and uh, je t'aime, Matt. Uh, thank God you're okay. <laughs> yeah, All absolutely, right? absolutely, Gary. Thank you so All much, right. my friend. And my love to Jenny too. And you, I love you, you both. Got you got it. We love you, man. Be kind to one another. I know she she really takes care of you. So. She does. Yes, absolutely. All right. Take care. All Bye-bye. right. Thank you, Gary. Bye bye. You know, uh, when you talked about being, you know, run out of here. I know, although I put those words in your mouth, I'm the one who actually said them. Yes. I can't help about, like, about five or four and a half years ago when they used to have that uh, Mountain Men Separatist uh, show on public radio, and that's before you found the really, Jenny found the good depilatories, you know, for your astute condition, and they kept leaving the bear traps around. Hmm. Oh, that was something, huh? Until they finally got you know, booted out. They would, yeah. they would, they refused to pay that fifty dollars, you know, for the, uh, you know, because it was a government conspiracy. That's that's right. But, I, uh, I, yeah. yeah, all those bear traps around. Yeah, mm. yeah that's yeah, not, Ye- not, Ye- not yeti uh, phobia. Not, not yeah, not 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 good memories. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, the, <laughs> the thing they put. Well, let's not even get into that about the taxidermy. That's right. Ooh, that's right. Uh, Jenny says in the chat, oh, this is regarding the, um, depilatories. No, the, uh, so yesterday on, on the best of an argument that you and Jenny had about depilatories, uh, no, about guns, uh, was, uh, was part of that best of, and, and well, she, I, 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 I'm a gun owner, although I'm very careful. <laughs> she, uh, she was writing in the uh, chat. I was a national spokeswoman and national director for the second amendment sisters in our day. It's no longer around, but we did much in the way of protecting a woman's right to self-defense. You self-defense. do have a right to self-defense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she also said, I love that Hoppy and I can verbally duke it out and still love each other dearly. <laughs> We've had some, uh, we haven't had had a, one of those in a long time. It has been a long time. Uh, Mary LeMay joins us in the chat, says, please, Matt, don't give up. Please, you do a great job on your show. You have one of the best shows going on 95.3 FM. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, you... I Pronounce LeMay the, ang- the Anglo-Saxon way. LeMay. Instead of Lema. 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 Hello, Mademoiselle Lema. It's, like, it's like last week when I learned I was uh, saying Vincent Van Gogh uh, wrong all this time. It, and it's, it's Van Gogh. It's, it's Van Gogh. Gogh. Like an Arab. You know, Which actually hurts my throat. like an Arab. I'm glad that's not my name. I, would, I didn't have to say it all the time. Well, that's Woody Allen, uh, the uh, Manhattan 
she says Van Gogh. And he says, like an Arab, she spoke. Wow. Van Gogh. In English, it's still Van Gogh. Yeah, that, that was one of Kirk Douglas's best roles. He, he was excellent in that. Um, I have not seen that. Kirk Douglas of Paths of Glory. Um, oh, uh, Michael Albert asks an important question, and, and this uh, this came up uh, recently on another program. Uh, would John Hopwood bury a body uh, for Matt Connerton? I, I think what he means is, though, would you help me bury a body if I needed your help? Depends on their political persuasion. Understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mel McMell no says... No Democrats. <laughs> Mel says, no, I... you guys talking about Ron? No, no, no. <laughs> Poor, what, what would Ron have to do with anything? <laughs> oh, boy. I she likes she likes to give... Uh, never brings pizza when I'm on Polly's show. She likes to give Ron a, a hard time. Speaking of Polly's show, Jenny will be joining us Friday night on Retro Spectrum Radio with Polly C. Ooh. Jenny will be our guest for the first time on that program. Now, was Glenn R.J. Allett on last week? Or was that Mike Martineau? Uh, no, that was uh, Mike Martineau, better okay. known as Texas Mike. Okay. Yes, yes. Is Glenn been banned from Paulie's show? Why Why would he be banned? I don't know. Uh, why not? Well. Those things keep you know, things interesting we, around here. We might have to thre- threaten him. Uh, he's. Uh, we might have to threaten him with banning. He still has yet to record his version, at least as far as I know, of Private Dancer oh. by Tina Turner. And uh, we need uh, to uh, to hear that. I don't know if he's really got the chops for a Tina Turner song, but uh, Diana Ross, spot on. Mm. I also, uh, I need I need to send him the, the uh, link. Oh, that I love that that's song. That's a perfect song for him. That's disco. That's that's my favorite disco song, actually. <laughs> DJ In, Inside Out by Diana Ross. Right. RJ Discolette. Maybe I'll play it at the break. Um, you really turned me. Yeah, that is a... When I was a kid, my mother... Would would uh, be so annoyed when that song would come on the radio. My mother hated that song. She hated disco. She always uh, felt that uh, uh, she she's been ill, by the way, too. But she's in good hands. I I, I think she'll be fine. But um, my mom, she hated that song. You know, she felt like disco was just uh, just uh, such a bastardization of Motown, and you know, just yeah. Uh, and, and and she just hated it. And, uh, and Diana Ross was one of the greats, you know. Yeah, but all I, those great songs with the Supremes. But I loved that song when I was a kid, and I still love it. If I hear it now, I love it. I, I liked a lot of that stuff. So um, does Glenn. Uh, Mike says I have a few uncles that will uh, help me bury a body. I assume. Well, you know, Pelopita does uh, end in a vowel. Um, Why bury it? Why not just like you know string it up from a lamppost? Do you think uh, that's uh, that's very twenty, uh, or is that so much early twenty twenty one? That would be very bold. Early twenty twenty one. You know, because that that's when you do that. That really says to the world, "Hey, uh, this guy's dead." Look, hey, wh- that's a Diana Ross. Hey, world, look at me. Yeah, and then you can use it for target practice, like they used to like in Tulsa in the old days when a race riot was when the, the white people decided, you know, yeah, let's blow off some steam. Jeez. Well, it's a homeostatic device, uh, uh, Matt, releasing homeostatic, like uh, think of a thermostat. Homeostatic. And you regulate this, the pressure. This sounds like I mean, it's for un, This sounds like it's for unsheathed. Homeostatic. What are you talking? Well, about? which you know, a, very, we are very open-minded there. A witchcraft trial or a whiff, uh, whiffed, <laughs> get a whiff of witchcraft. You know, burning witches releases the tension 
inside of society. Therefore, it's a homeostatic device. It releases tension. I see. And, uh, you know, lynchings have been done that. You, John Steinbeck wrote a great story about a lynching. It was actually based on the lynching of two white guys in San Jose. And uh, I cannot, for the life of me, remember the title of the story. But uh, it also touches on the, uh, the sexual aspect of violence. See, violence is very, very related to uh, the sexual drive, particularly in men. Mm-hmm. And that's what, so that is the underpinning of a clockwork orange. And uh, Kubrick makes that explicit. And, of course, uh, that's still like the most controversial movie ever. Oh, speaking of films, that reminds me. So uh, this Friday uh, for Eric Pilcher's uh, classic film review, he is reviewing... Uh, the film Top Gun, right. and uh, you apparently uh, are not a fan of that film. Crappy movie. First of all, it's just a Reagan-era recruiting poster, but, and, but till I get to the real reason. Secondly, oh, my God, uh, Kelly McGillis it must be a foot taller than Tom Cruise. I swear <laughs> to God. And there's a thing you can do when you're shooting a movie where the actor, you know, you can put them on an apple box, mm-hmm. which is what grips. They have all these wooden boxes. They call them apple boxes. They look like an apple box. If you've ever seen an apple box, you know, it's a wooden box. And uh, they use them various things. You can put an actor on that. Or you can do what they did in Top Gun. You take a long lens and you put the two actors, you'll put two Tom Cruise something like six feet in front of Kelly McGillis. Then you pull the focus, and it brings them, if you show me on the thing. Oh. You pull the focus on the wrong lens, and it brings them both into the same field. Oh, no And kidding. if you know about camera and the tricks they use, you can tell. So that makes him, when they're standing next to each other, a look uh, like uh, he's not, like, you know, coming up to her uh, bodacious tatas. No, that, no, that's another movie. That's uh, Officer and a Gentleman, the Bodacious Tata reference. Uh, Michael yeah. Albert would like you to tell us about all the uh, homo- Tata. No, the uh, homoerotic subtext in the original film. Oh Jesus! Uh, when uh, Iceman, oh you can be my, you'll be my uh, t- tail man, <laughs> wingman. Oh my God, that film! I just found it. It, it just, uh, Meg Ryan was such cute as a button. She used to be in a. A soap opera, Ryan's Hope. We used to always watch General Hospital. And another ABC soap opera was Ryan's Hope. And the only reason to watch that piece of trash was because Meg Ryan. I was on right before GH, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, she's so cute. Then she became, she got the plastic surgery to make herself into a goldfish mouth. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But it's such Reagan-esque crap. <laughs> but ta- but now's the real story. You're in the army, you know, we are in a unit that's 24-7, you know, on call all the time. Mm-hmm. Because God knows what the Soviets are up to. Yeah. So, uh, we've got the VCRs there. Oh, my God. And it was easy to dub movies in the early days. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of drinking going on. Yeah. There's cigarettes are two bucks a carton and a fifth of Johnny Walker red was five bucks, you know. It's like, holy smoke. So, and we had women in our unit, which was rare in those days. And, uh, oh my God, that damn Top, top Gun. The, the dames wanted to watch it all the time. Really? Including the woman I was in love with and, uh, and later lived with. And it's like, 
Oh, you just watch this. You're drunk. So how much can you watch this, this friggin' movie? Yeah. It's like, oh, and they're there. Oh, and you know why they're watching it. And then after, yeah. oh, I just put my foot down. Eventually, the uh, the woman, we'll call her Laura. She's actually been on both of our shows, but a long time ago. Ah. And uh, let's not talk about that. Uh, she had three actors she liked. Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. Han Solo. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right. And Tom Cruise. Now, Tom Hanks at the time was a comedian, but then he was going off into dramatic roles, which yeah. is okay, but he was a great comic actor. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and he became a great, a very fine dramatic actor. And you can always see a Harrison Ford movie because, you know, they're a movie for guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, and he made a good movie with Kelly McGillis, uh, which we had on tape, uh, something where he, amongst the sex amongst the Amish and handgun fetishism. And uh, Danny Glover was in that, by the way. And he was very good. What was it called? Something. Something about the Amish raising barns and, you know, all pistols and stuff. That was a good movie. But Tom Cruise. Oh, my God. I said, no, I will not go to a Tom Cruise movie ever again. I, and she um, left me. <clears throat> wow. Well, I, I guess that was just part of the factor. Although there was one Tom Cruise movie I liked, The Color of Money, because it was a Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, I, I think that's a great film. And, of course, I always have, was trying to educate her about, you know, real cinema rather than just this trash. Now the uh, the new uh, the new Top Gun uh, Top Gun Maverick is getting phenomenal reviews. Oh so, yeah, there's a lot of 62 year old uh, you know lieutenant commanders <laughs> flying around. <laughs> yeah, but he's what's uh, his rank in the movie? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't seen I haven't <laughs> seen it. I when you'd have, and it's all it must be CGI now. I hate CGI. Yeah, CGI is like what. In the old days, you'd watch a war movie and, you know, be in the Navy, and it'd be obviously these ships are in a bathtub or something. I find that better than CGI. They had to use AI for, uh, I guess, uh, Val Kilmer is in it, reprising uh, his role. He can't speak. He can't speak anymore, but they they did something. They worked around it somehow. Again, I haven't seen the film yet. And uh, neither Meg Ryan or Kelly McGillis are in it. Um, Women are expendable, but it is the military. Michael Alber says, uh, what does John Hopwood think about what Kelly McGillis looks like now? I, I'm a gentleman, and we keep, we keep, uh, on Mac, the Mac Covington show has just one guideline, folks. It's to keep the conversation within the bonds of good taste. Oh, we insist yeah, on yeah. it, really. Yes, yes. So, I'm going to be the gentleman and demur. Um... Uh, Michael Alvarez says Maverick's rank is still captain. Captain means he's the equivalent of a colonel in 06. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Or as we like to call it, the can't have just one deal. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, McChicken biscuit, chicken McGriddles, or crispy hash browns. 
Want two sausage biscuits? Buy one, get one for a dollar. Want a sausage biscuit and hash browns? That's cool too. Choose more of what you love. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with combo meal. He was a a lieutenant uh, JG. That's no senior grade, which is equivalent to army captain. So he's made it to 06, but he never made it to admiral's rank. Uh, Michael says Tom Cruise. Uh, Nobody oh. could. He, they wouldn't allow you to stay in the military at that at that rank of 03. He says uh, the new film Maverick uh, supposedly used very little CGI and used real F-18s. Yes, I actually believe that Tom Cruise is worth a <laughs> billion dollars. And in a movie that was cost two hundred million, they're gonna let him go up in a you know an F eighteen. And what else? What other brand of bag of can we sell you? Come on, <laughs> uh, Jackie Brown, better known as G Girl, uh, joins us in the G-Girl, Facebook live chat. How are you doing? Yeah, you met G Girl. Oh yeah. Yeah, she says salute from the icy show, her uh, her online show that mm. she does. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she says tomorrow is my show's four year anniversary party. Come out, free lunch. Uh, at four, where oh, four Railroad Square in Haverhill, it's from one to three p.m. Is that where they still have the uh, layoff for all the betting here in New Hampshire? We can call, we can uh, you know do double duty. What the lay what the layoff for all the betting in uh, New Hampshire used to be down in Haverhill. Oh really? Well, the mafia didn't come up here. Oh, they didn't cross the border. Gotcha. Although they, uh, you know, they controlled a lot of stuff. Uh, Jenny says, yes, they actually rented the planes from the government. Oh, come on. That's just that's just PR. There's a Ben, I forget what movie it is. Is it Pearl Harbor? There's a Ben Affleck movie where they did that, where they actually did that. Um, because I remember him complaining about, in an interview, how, uh, how precious, as he put it, the government was about the planes. And... Uh, that the government was involved at all is enough to, that it's a bunch of crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, w- they wouldn't be involved with Apocalypse Now. Mm. Well, <laughs> I can see why, though. For- <laughs> what about freedom of speech? <laughs> this is just a recruiting poster. War, war, war. Or as uh, the great Charles Bukowski called it, war, war, the yellow monster. Texas Mike is here. Uh, we'll hit your uh, we'll hit your theme music in the second yeah. hour. We're gonna go to a break in a minute, but yeah, um, yeah, he flew an F eighteen. He's actually uh, six feet tall too. Uh, Michael says fact: they used F 18s instead of F thirty fives. That would actually uh, that they would actually use for that mission <laughs> instead of an F thirty five. They'll drop right out of the sky like a brick. That's what they're trying to sell to Germany now. This whole Ukrainian war. It's all about selling, <laughs> selling American arms. I think uh, G-Girl is on the line with us. Hello. Hey, how you doing, everybody? It's your girl, G-Girl, from the Icy Show. Hey. How you doing, Matt? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. I just wanted to call in real quick to let everyone know tomorrow uh, is my four-year anniversary party of the Icy Show, and I'm providing free lunch at 4 Railroad Square, Haverhill, Massachusetts. Come down from 1 to 3 p.m. I'm giving away 20 raffles. It's something of the icy show, either a, a hot cold cup, T-shirt. Um, there's going to be a psychic in the building. There's oh. going to be a book author in the building. And there's going to be a performance happening at your boy custom clothing store. Make sure you come down, family affair. And um, 
salute to everyone that's doing their thing. Stay healthy, Matt. I appreciate you. You've been one of the supporters of um, the Icy Show from day one, so I, I just wanted to call in and uh, say thank you. I appreciate you. Oh. I wonder if I can get Gonzo uh, to go down with me and we can film it. Oh, there you go. Gonzo wants to repurpose himself as a psychic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Uh, where do people uh, Where do people find your show, uh, G-Girl, for people who want to check out the Icy Show? Yes, definitely. My podcast is international now. Um, we also, um, it's, you can find me on all platforms at Jackie Brown with two C's, J-A-C-C-I-E Brown, Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat, TikTok, IC Show, I-C-C-Y space S-H-O-W-W. And also I've done over 480 interviews on my IC Show plus 150 on television when I hosted at wow. DBN TV for a year and a half. And we have an international mixtape dropping tomorrow. Um, I have artists. I hosted it with DJ Big Styles from North Carolina. Um, I have an artist from Jamaica, an artist from Africa, artists from Chicago, Ohio, Boston. Uh, so we will be dropping another international mixtape in about six months. So make sure you follow your girl, Jackie Brown, on all platforms. I'm booking until September on my Icy Show. My Icy Show interviews are $50, um, but we are international. So I appreciate everybody that has support the Icy Show, and I appreciate you, Matt. Keep on following Matt. He's doing his thing. Matt, when I get a car, I am coming out there to get more detail. I got a lot going on. Good, good. Yes, anytime. Let me know. Absolutely. Could she post that on your Facebook page? I mean, like, you know. Not just on the chat room, but on a page. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have um, yeah. uh, Wu Tang. Wu Tang Management. She's been posting it. They've been giving me shout outs out in um, on her radio station. Miss BK, salute to you, one thousand percent. She she's a uh, Vega Don from Wu Tang. Uh, that's her, his manager, Miss BK, and uh, everyone uh, Jamaica. They've been shouting me out on radio <laughs> stations promoting for the show. It's supposed to be a great great turnover tomorrow. Great, excellent, excellent. All right, G girl. Well, uh, sounds like you're doing great. Uh, congratulations, uh, continued success. Congratulations on four years, and uh, have a great event tomorrow. There's there's no way I'll be able to attend, but I'm sure it'll be uh, I'm sure it'll be wonderful. And uh, I'm really glad you called. Thank you, thank you. DZ the gift said um, from Master Puzzle. He said hello, Matt. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Yes, please tell him I said hello. All right, great. Have a great day, everybody. Stay healthy and stay positive. Let's go. Twenty twenty two is a big year. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, G girl, thank you for the call. It's twenty twenty two. Bye bye. That's right. It is twenty twenty two. Yeah, I thought it was twenty twenty three. Oh my goodness! Wow, let's not rush it. Do you think Glenn would go on with me if we can get him back in time for his show? I That's mean, he's going to be singing. Sorry, I when you when that sentence first tumbled out of your mouth, I thought of oh, 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 because the answer oh. is yes. But again, that's for the other show. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, get to a break and then, uh, Mike can tell us what happened. Yeah. 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 We're going to play a little song and, uh, show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we'll be right back with our number two, Numero Dos. John Hopwood is here. Texas Mike is here. And, uh, this is a track, uh, from the Wood Floors, uh, band I really like. Uh, this is called, uh, Killed the Radio Star. Check this out. Oh yeah. And we'll be back. More Unleashed coming up.
Welcome back, everybody. We are well in hour number two, Numero Dose of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, and I am not alone. Ooh, usually use mic first. Here at the desk. John Opwood is here at the news desk. The laws certainly kicked my ass. So. Y- yes. Yes. Well, the you, curb. Well, you fought the law. Actually, the law uh, won. They never sent me the letter. Oh, really? They never sent the government. They never sent you the letter uh, telling you that uh, they won. That's right. Well, they win by just you know by ignoring you. Well, after we introduce Mikey, uh, let me get on to the plight of what a veteran has to put up with in the state. Live free or die state in New Hampshire. That would be a... emphasis being on dying. That would be a a very good subject, yes. Oh, yeah, the VA, too. Yes. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So wrong's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Yeehaw, Texas Mike is on the couch. Yeehaw! <laughs> How are you, Texas Mike? I'm good. Glad, glad to have you back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, if you'd like to be here with us, uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Uh, but the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. I also want to remind you, uh, it is Wednesday, which means tonight is Industry Night at the Hopknot, our amazing sponsor at 1000 Elm Street. They've got those delicious gourmet pretzels. They have an ever-growing assortment of craft beer. Uh, they have live music on Friday nights and Thursday nights. Tomorrow night, of course, is Trivia Night at the Hopknot, hosted by the great Bill Cini, who also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays, but Thursday nights he's at the Hopknot, and uh, Juneteenth coming up in just a few weeks. So very excited about that. So please uh, pay them a visit. The Hopknot and the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street, right in beautiful downtown Manchester, although it's a little rainy and dreary out there right now, but uh, that was a nice day before the weather uh, showed up. Mm. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. And, uh, you know, John, you mentioned, uh, by the way, speaking of veterans, my dad uh, did reach. I know he listens to the show. He reached out to me uh, over the uh, last couple of days as well, uh, just uh, with uh, some support for what I was dealing with. And, you know, 
Mm. Um, not much, uh, you know. I just had to kind of kind of deal with it. But uh, anyway, I have been also uh, the last week uh, in the what they would call in Paul Bunyan's A Pilgrim's Progress, the Slough of Despond, a book that you wouldn't find in your father's house, by the way. Yeah. And why is that? That's one of the uh, like uh, canonical works of pro- English Protestantism. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, he might. Uh, I mean, he is Catholic, but uh, he probably has read it because it's considered the classic. Well, they, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. And that's I mean, where we get the term Vanity Fair from. Oh, I did not know that. Well, that then Thackeray, who wrote the novel uh, Vanity Fair, got it from there. Yes, it was a book. My father said when he was a kid, they only had two books, a Bible and uh, Paul Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. I tried reading it. Cliff Notes. Reverted to Cliff Notes. Remember what it was like at college, you know? Yes. Uh, Cliff Notes. I don't even really have them anymore. Oh, so what's uh, what's been happening? You you uh, you wanted to talk about, uh, and it, it is appropriate, uh, I suppose, for Memorial Day week. You know the, the the treatment of veterans. Well, I think I think having a three day weekend for Memorial Day is a bunch of crap. First of all, really, because you're on th- why? Yeah, a Veterans Day was originally a three day holiday too, but uh, because World War One. As we remember, Veterans Day was Armistice Day, uh, November 11th, the ending that what was at the time that considered uh, one of the worst wars ever and a complete debacle that should have been avoided at all costs. That uh, And uh, veterans were so incensed at that, particularly in the state of New Hampshire, in William Loeb, who published the then extremely potent uh, Manchester Union leader, which had a lot of power because of the New Hampshire primary. New Hampshire led the uh, assault on the whole idea of having Veterans Day a three-day holiday. Because people, you know, three-day holiday, you don't think of it. And uh, when, when Veterans it, Day was put back to its proper day. Veterans Day is on Veterans Day. When did it change? Do you know? Do you remember? I think under Jimmy Carter, it could have been early Reagan, sometime in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, okay. But Memorial Day, which as I was a kid, was still decoration day. Although it was Memorial Day, people were so old. Like I had teachers that taught my father when I was in the first grade. It's 1965. We went out. To put, it was the 100th anniversary of what was known in the North as the War of the Rebellion until the 20th century started. They became known more colloquially as this, colloquially as the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we put out uh, little flags for the veterans of the Civil War. But it was Decoration Day, Decoration Day dating back to 1862 in some states, because when they started shipping bodies back from the uh, slaughterhouses of the Civil War, still the war that cost the most American lives, almost three quarters of a million, they say nowadays. And they made that into a three-day holiday. So you're on Facebook and people, you know, oh, here's my I'm Memorial Day holiday. And it's all pictures of them like at a beach or this or that. Yeah. And, and I know pe- the people. And I know that, that they're not people that would uh, urinate on veterans. I'd like to use another pithier word, but we won't because uh, we're not uh, on Matt Connerton. 
unsheathed. Oh, yeah, anything goes on that program. But you have to really, it's a three-day holiday to them. And uh, But Memorial Day, since it honors all dead veterans. Yes. And they, they evolved all this crap uh, of, oh, this one's about dead veterans, and Veterans Day is about living veterans. I only figured that out because we had Mike Lopez on my show like 5,000 times. <laughs> he finally gets through his thick skull what it's actually for. Yeah. And uh, Memorial Day should be what it was, May 30th. So you actually remember about all the dead instead of just a three-day holiday because they, Veterans Day, World War One veterans were still alive in the 70s, you know. By turning into a three-day holiday, you make it me- is meaningless. See, Juneteenth is crazy the holiday. It's on its actual day, whatever that is. But it's such a new holiday, I don't know. What day is it? Uh, the 19th. 19th, right. Uh, Juneteenth, 19th. But it's because that makes it a very special, you know? But it's um, but it's only, was it last year? I think last, last year, year. Last year was the first day that it was a federal holiday. The first right. year there was a federal holiday. Because yeah. uh, it's got a, a strange provenance. It's never a national holiday. Right, right. Very hard to find any reference to it, but that's for something else. It's a Texas holiday. Yeah. Yep. You know, even it was because of what was going on and stuff. You know, there was a reckoning, mm-hmm. a reckoning, a racial reckoning about the history, which I always find surprising. People don't know about history, but you would say, you know, well, they didn't teach stuff like that. They certainly taught us about the Civil War and Manchester High School in the 70s and as kids in the 60s. But, you know, it's contemporaneous with the civil rights going on. We're watching it on TV, too. I don't remember learning about Juneteenth in school. Not Juneteenth. Well, Matt, Juneteenth. Juneteenth, the the only mentions of Juneteenth I could find, and I'm a prodigious researcher, according to my good friend Roger Stone, who calls me the noted researcher John Opwood in his book, Killing Kennedy. Oh, I have something. Maybe if we have time, I'll f- I have something funny about Roger Stone, but go okay. ahead. <laughs> but Juneteenth, uh, between a calendar by the Freedmen's Bureau, like in the early 1870s, and a mention in the 1938 Texas Fair, and then 1965, Ralph Ellison, who wrote a great novel, The Invisible Man, about racism in the 40s and 50s, wrote in 65 an essay called uh, Juneteenth, and then when he, he died in 1999, they collected his essays and stuff, and it was called Juneteenth. That's the first time I ever heard of it. And uh, there's not <laughs> really not much of a documentary evidence of that. So, you know, I remember Jenny saying, well, I wish I'd heard about that. But I've lived in Boston, New York, Berkeley, San Francisco, Los Angeles, in left-wing circles, and I never heard, you know, Juneteenth until I only until well, uh, Ralph Ellison's uh, book was published. Well, you know, what's so. funny is uh, uh, people pick on Trump about and you know, and I, I pick on Trump, you know, I, I loathe him, but but I, I have to defend him, uh, albeit tepidly. So when uh, when he made that comment about how uh, before him, uh, uh, people didn't really know about Juneteenth and a, a lot of people made fun of him about that. And but it's well, true. No, but, but, yeah. but it actually, there, there was some truth to it that his constituency, certainly many of them did not know about Juneteenth. I don't think anybody outside of literary people or if you were in uh, race studies knew yeah. about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's like stuff like they, they start called Tulsa the Black Wall Street. How could the Tulsa be the Black Wall Street when Chicago was the hub, Chicago and Atlanta were the two hubs 
of African-American culture and commerce. Mm -hmm. Chicago, that's where the Defender came out of, the great newspaper. Most black, and then you have New York. So, you know, it's what people, it's myths, you know, like a lot of myths we have, like uh, Hamilton was a horrific fascist, but, you know, they reached and in... Uh, 1943, during World War II, there was actually a play about Hamilton that was very famous, written by a Pulitzer Prize, where he is portrayed as a fascist. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, every generation recreates things. Yes. It's like during the civil rights movement, the 60s and then the 70s, you rewrite history. Every generation has to rewrite history to make it relevant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So when we're talking about that stuff, it's just... In history, particularly with dispossessed people, there's these threads of consciousness that that Ralph Ellison put it down. This was a, a writer. He only wrote one novel, but it was one of the great novels ever written, you know. Uh, and and uh, he was uh, he's actually a conservative in that, but uh, that's neither here nor there. By him writing about that, it validated in 65, then it was collected a generation ago. Because he's remembering this from what he's heard from, like, his ancestors. And if he was born in the teens, he knew ancestors that were probably under slavery, you know? Born, lived under slavery. Memory is a, uh, including cultural memory, is a very uh, a quicksilver, like mercury. Listen, the Russian state was born in Kiev. Now... You're not going to hear that anymore. I was rereading Dr. Shivago. I read it every 10 years since I was a teenager. And there's a note. The reference here is to Kiev, where the Russian state was born. The Rus. It's where mm -hmm. Russians that, that come from. They, so they, Kiev, when, when uh, old, that uh, uh, horse's ass Putin is talking about that, to the Russians, that's real, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like in Kosovo, there was some place that they'd won a battle in the 1300s that they date the Serbian state from, but there are hardly any Serbians there anymore. But under Yugoslavia, you know. By the way, uh, Jenny says uh, Tulsa was referred to as Black Wall Street because they were able to achieve middle class to upper class status. Well, that I, I really doubt that you ever find any contemporaneous because there were upper class and middle class, Chicago, Atlanta. Atlanta was, these were the two... And New York with the three cultural hubs. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are writing history. You write history, and then it, uh, if it's accepted, it becomes history. But, I mean, I was at university. I was studying the French Revolution. In France, in the major universities, well, you know, Sorbonne, uh, University of Paris, there were five different chairs uh just on the French Revolution. There was a Marxist chair. There was a social democratic chair. There was a Gaul, you know, Gaullist chair from the, the, the Gaul party. There was the royalist chair. And then there was just the hard right-wing radical. I mean, they can't, they can't agree on history. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody yeah. has a different take on yeah. stuff. So, uh, but history is a living thing. And it's fought over everywhere, all over, uh, and all over the world, the world you know. These these things that people are talking about uh, now it's uh, Democrats uh, uh, talk about all the horrible things going on about the right wing assault on schools. That's nothing new. And you live in California, Texas. Everybody's fighting over school books. 
from talking sure. to Memora. It's just where we're here in New Hampshire, as it was also lily white. It was like 95% white just 20 years ago. I mean, you had a consensus. Uh, according to... Uh, just, yeah, this is it. <laughs> according to the jealous one, he has it. Uh, he has the exact uh, figure uh, in his videos. It's, uh, I believe he says 95.7% white. Well, that, that was a long time ago. It's not that anymore. Well, he, it, in, but he's from another time, so... Yeah, uh, probably, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what time he's from or what culture or universe. <laughs> but, you know, Juneteenth, something that's being embraced by the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many, you know, myth is an important part of life. When I'm saying myth, I'm saying, you know, when I say it's hard to find documentary evidence about that to a historian, you know, mm-hmm. there's a whole... Social sciences aren't hard sciences, but, you know, a, a real dedicated historian will try to be empirical to a degree. But, you know, your, uh, your point of view affects your point of view. It was strange in the United States. You know, you go to Europe, you have newspapers that were always blatant about what they, you know, what their uh, take on things are. Sure. This is a left-wing paper. This is a right-wing paper. This is a middle-of-the-road paper. This is a paper that supports the Labor Party, you know? And this is a party that, that, that sell the conservative party. But in the United States, there was like this myth, uh, uh, the news is uh, neutral. I think that was because of, nobody would have thought about that before uh, television where there were laws passed like the equal protection clause to try to keep things neutral. They would give, they would give people the ability under that, that law. Is that the same as the equal time? Law? Equal time. Equal, okay. Yeah. Equal protection is something that has to do with the VA. Uh, okay. That's something the equal time clause. They would actually uh, give people like Jim Garrison, who we were talking about the JFK assassination. He tri- uh, put Clay Shaw on trial. NBC did a devastating thing about him saying that he was a fraud. Mm-hmm. So he petitioned the FCC and they gave him a half hour right yeah. on network TV. Yeah. But it was a different thing. By the time you get to Reagan, that time, like. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Who'd think 60 Minutes would become the number one show in America? Uh, uh, you're a pizza man, uh, you know, watches it faithfully Run. and t- then yeah. tells about it. Yep. And I watched it as a kid, but it was the number one show, but it sold advertising. Yes. Advertise, you know, it, it's advertising. Well, it's a business. And there's a great movie called the, uh, was it called the insider? The insider is a great film about which, the tobacco which, industry, which most people don't even know about it. I saw that in the theater with, with my friend Jay, when it came out, we were the only two people in the theater. Nobody knows about yeah. that movie. Russell Crowe won his first great Oscar movie. nomination. And Pacino is it's fantastic. Great. Of course, Pacino's great in anything, but that's a great movie that nobody even knows about. Yeah, and uh, it's all based where uh, they... What happens in the uh, in so this if, movie... So Philip Morris is the uh, tobacco right, company. Right, is yeah. uh, one of the producers 
uh, at uh, 60 Minutes is going to do a show on a whistleblower mm-hmm. has given the information that they've, they've Philip Morris always knew that it would cause cancer. Yep. At, they had a, some of the great English actors there as the head of uh, Russell Crowe was, was the uh, was the whistleblower. Yep. And he won his first Oscar. I mean, he was excellent in that. And... Pacino played the uh, I forget the, the producer forget the, the producer from sixty minutes yeah right and Mike Wallace played by that great the great actor oh, uh, oh, Christopher um, Christopher Plummer Plummer yeah yeah, yeah he's great too yeah and got great a lot cast. of trouble got a lot of trouble with his because fr- they were close friends <laughs> and because yeah. uh, he was shown to be a jerk yeah but they have the story about this but then they start getting pressure from uh, the Black Rock they, from CBS itself. Because they got invested, this is a major uh, multi uh, 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 conglomerate corporation itself, and it's got investments it's got to yep. protect. And yep. it's the, but the, they don't mention, it, but the fiduciary responsibility of the CEO is to protect that portfolio, right? As much as new, so they spike the story. Yeah, and that really laid it out uh, what the news had become. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the 1950s because there was a movie at the same time about Edward Murrow that came out like a couple of years later. Oh yeah. With George Clooney, um, he was one of the characters, but it was right. a guy who I, was I David Strathairn. Oh, David Strathairn. Uh, Stra- Strathairn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played? That's, that's uh, a great film. Seward in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was great, great as that. And but that was a different era when it was starting to become commercial because they told Murrow, you know, this time is becoming too valuable, mm-hmm. and he got basically it's not new. He got moved to like you know he just did the. Uh, uh, you're here now, and he interviewed Jackie Kennedy and stuff, because the top the because of advertising, every minute became so valuable, and it, it, one of the things in network, they're so angry, you know, they they the car, the conglomerate takes over, and this network, this news division has been losing tens of millions of dollars a year. It's Robert Duvall is yeah. like satanic. Yeah. He should have played Trump. He's <laughs> <laughs> too old now. And you know they're going to curb the news, and because uh, that was in the set, that's yeah. what was happening. Yeah. And but it's great because Faye Dunaway, when an Oscar comes in, tells him, "Oh come on, you did five minutes about lost puppies, and uh, you know about the psychic and this and that, which is true. The news did have fluff in it, even in the seventies, oh, even because it's reeling in it's, viewers. It's infotainment. But you know, but I think that at one point because of. Uh, Television had to protect, had to be neutral in its way, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to show the dominant, you know, establishment type of view. Fred Bonig, who uh, rarely calls uh, anymore, I know he's very busy, but he, uh, I don't know if you, you may have even been here for this discussion. He actually called one day advocating for the yeah, reinstatement of that. equal time, which I personally oppose. I just don't see how in in the current media environment where everything is so fractured and it how, how, how could would you, you do it? Possibly, yeah, there's no practical way to uh, administer that and enforce it, and it, it would just be a nightmare to even attempt it. So I disagreed with him on that. And but. Clay Shaw, for every Clay Shaw who's a lawyer and has lawyers that can demand that. Yeah. You know, they used to have stuff where they just bring somebody like a, uh, from the National Rifle Association for like they'd have a down in Boston they'd have the thing oh we need gun control and they'd have some guy uh, come on and say like a couple minutes yeah they used to do stuff like that and Archie Bunker in one of the first season I think they bring, they bring him on and I he was makes a just... damn he takes a damn full of himself 
I'll never forget that episode. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. And Remember I w- they bring him on. I might even be able to find it. He's got his hair slicked back. Oh, and they're watching. Brilliant. And even he knows he's made a fool of himself. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that was such a great show. Greatest sitcom in the history of television. Oh, yeah. In, we- in my personal opinion. Uh, I, the, Eric Pilcher and I disagree on that. I, I think he I think he has it. Rever- Eric says uh, Seinfeld is number one. And all in the family is number two, but I I say it's uh, the other way around. Hey, I found it. Um, I'll I'll play it in a second. Yeah, it's really good. But um, yeah, you couldn't do uh, you couldn't do equal time. Today. But I'm just, you know, but I'm just saying the whole idea that this new trap, you know, the fights we're having now, they've had forever over yeah. the meaning of history, over the me- uh, it's been happening all, all the time. Reality socially defined. So if you move from one social group to another, the reality changes, uh, or yeah. you know, and because of uh, the internet is as radical an invention and as culturally displacing as the printing press was in 1475, you know. Here yeah. I here I found. Let's listen to this. It's only a minute. This All is, right, everybody, clam up. Mr. Archie Bunker, speaking in reply to the editorial broadcast last Saturday. Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Archie Bunker of 704 Houser Street, veteran of the big war, speaking on behalf of guns for everybody. Now, question. What was the first thing that the communists done when they took over Russia? Answer, gun control. And there's a lot of people in this country want to do the same thing to us here in a kind of conspiracy, see. You take your big international bankers, uh, they want to, what do you call, uh, masticate the people of this here nation like puppets on a wing. And then when they get that done, turn us over to the commies. Oh, Archie, I'm now, glad they put you on a stool. You, you look tall as sitting down. <laughs> now I want to talk about another thing that's on everybody's mind today, and that's your stick-ups and your sky jackets, which uh, if that was up to me, I could end the sky jackets tomorrow. You could. All you got to do is arm all your passengers. And then he ain't got no more superiority there. He ain't going to dare to pull out no rod. And uh, then your airlines, then they wouldn't have to chase the passengers on the ground no more. They just pass out the pistols at the beginning of the trip. And they pick them up again at the end. That's incredible. Uh, it's barely uh, satire. <laughs> it hasn't changed at all, has no, it? it really is. What's our mallest teachers? Well, oh boy. Anyway, yes, All in the Family. Love All in the Family. Anyone who... If you, if Revolutionized never, uh, television. You couldn't do that show today, as I often uh, hear said, but, I mean, it would have to be very different, but... Um, it was the number one show five, to- five years in a row, and it was a huge hit. Uh, Jenny in the chat says, All in the Family was a great show. Uh, did hard issues and started a bunch of other great shows. That's yeah. true. It had many spinoffs. Jefferson's uh, and, and Maud. Um, te- uh, Gonzo is in the uh, Facebook live chat and says, Stop hogging the microphone, Martino. Uh, Texas Mike over there. He's such a chatterbox. He is, isn't You're he? You're such a chatterbox, Texas Mike. Occasionally I am. Yeah, yes, yes. He just finished giving us a skinny about you, uh, Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or as I put it, Mike Gonzalez in the role of Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Gonzales. No, Gonzales. No, it's Gonzalez. Ah, uh, it's Polish. Ah, oh, 
Sure. He, that's what he says. I actually met somebody who talked. Oh, that guy on your show, he's from the, I, I knew him, the Polish Gonzalez. And I'm thinking, holy smoke. Well, we do live in New Hampshire, which was 97.8% white as recently as two years ago, according to the Jealous one. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> why can't somebody with the name Gonzalez and somebody with a face that looks like it came out of Seville in Spain, looks like Don Quixote, why can't he be Polish? You know, it occurs to me, I think uh, I think the jealous one uh, has Archie Bunker's uh, politics exactly, just without the charisma of Carol O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> like, otherwise, it's the same guy. <laughs> well, Carol O'Connor was actually an outstanding actor. Oh, absolutely. A Shakespearean actor who uh, studied at the Abbey Theater in Ireland. Classically trained. Hey, by the way, you mentioned Roger Stone. Uh, according to rightwingwatch.org, uh, Roger Stone claims that there is a satanic portal there, over the White House. That's right. Now, we'll get Big Steve on again in a week or so. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I really think there is. You know, it, the, it's gone from the pizza joint. Now it's all over, all over the White House. Uh, it says here, uh, Stone asserted uh, that a friend had sent him photos showing a satanic portal appearing over the White House after President Biden took office. And so he reached out to conspiracy theorist and prophet, quote-unquote, Robin Bullock. P-R-O-F-I-T? Prophet? P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Oh, like a prophet. Yes, thought, yes. I thought it was somebody's prophet maker. Yes. Yeah, like uh, Alex Jones. Uh, Stone declared, quote, We who believe we can close the portal. But we can only ch uh, close it through prayer, massive prayer, millions of Christians praying to close the portal. And money. Where's the, where well, can he, we send the money? He didn't mention that, but that's implied. Uh, Could you actually post that? So, uh, like on your one of your pages? Oh, I'll yeah. share it out to the Unleashed oh, yeah. page, certainly. Yeah. Oh, he goes on to clarify for anyone who's, uh, in case you think he sounds crazy, he says, quote, it's like a swirling cauldron. Oh, like Hillary Clinton's back, I guess. You know, uh, I guess satanic so. Satanic witch, baby killer. Uh, I've tried to find some natural explanation, a reflection or an aerostat balloon <laughs> for weather. No, I sent a personal friend down there. He thought I was crazy. I said, do me a favor. Go down there, use a regular digital camera, and see what you can see, unquote. Oh, you know what? Why don't we we'll start one of those GoFundMe campaigns and we'll send me the me and Mike will go down on the bus. You'll investigate the portal? It, they still have the ten dollar bus to New York. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if we'd want to go on it. It's always falling over. Oh. What do you say, Texas? Would Mike? you go you down to Washington? Up, you guys can go We'll go to a nationals game. And you while you're there, of course, you can investigate the portal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh boy. We'll have to talk to Dave Colapinto about this, uh, who's Linda Tripp's lawyer. Oh, there's more. He's, so he showed, uh, she, he showed a picture of the portal, and then he said, quote, there you can see it. It's very, very clear. It doesn't move day or night. It's harder to see during the day, but you see it at night, and I'm absolutely convinced about the inherent evil of what's going on in the White House, what's going on in the country, and I think it's imperative that people know about this, that people of good faith and Christians know about this, and we begin a national, essentially a prayer assault to close the portal. Wow. Ooh. It's kind of like closing the uh, ozone, uh, uh, the hole in the ozone layer, which I don't, nobody ever talks about anymore. Well, there was a prayer assault, and it's fixed now. You didn't know that? Did they fix the ozone layer or, or this uh, vortex the, the, over the White well, House? Well, just, no, the, the ozone layer. They fixed it with a prayer assault. 
Now, do you think this is what Steve Despain was talking about? The UFOs being satanic energy? Probably. The, uh, there's like a UF, big UFO mothership over the White House. Wasn't Will, yeah. And Will Smith was in a movie. And Bill Pullman. Independence Day, where the aliens actually uh, destroyed the, the White House with a laser. And the Capitol. And, and, right, which is probably what the portal is. Do you think this has something to do with the slapping incident? That he might be enthralled by these demonic UFO energy? Well. I mean, how many people slap Chris Rock at the Oscars? Or, or at any awards show, in fact. Only one person that I know of. Yeah. And he probably and he was winning. The, he was going to win. He was the favorite to win the Oscar. How can you explain that? I can explain it. Demonic energy. Yes. Sure, LA. Uh, if any place has many UFOs I and think, aliens. I think Stone is just angling to get back on Infowars. Uh, there's a little bit more. It he still said, exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, "Quote: We were born for this moment. I've been preparing for this moment for my entire life. Why do I hear Phil Collins in my head?" <laughs> Uh, without even knowing it, I just thought I was a political warrior, but this is no longer a war in the political realm. And I do know how it comes out because I know how the Bible comes out. I don't know exactly what the plan is, but I do know that closing this portal is crucial to victory. I want others to talk about it. I want others to see it. This is not some practical joke. This isn't some conspiracy theory. I'm absolutely convinced that this is demonic. It's a satanic portal. It is access to this earth by those who are evil. And only by closing it will we be successful in saving this nation under God. Unquote. Well, there you go. Very inspiring. I'll tell you what. I'll drop by on Friday. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll have Big Steve. We'll look into this. Yes. I'm sure. It, honestly, if anybody can <laughs> crack this, it's Steve Despain. Yes. Who's Big Steve. He's like six foot four. Oh, my goodness. That's he a could big even, man. He could even wrestle a Yeti or, or Peter White, although... I don't know why anybody would want to wrestle Peter White. Uh, Mel McMell indicates that if we close the portal, uh, she's going to sacrifice one of her chickens uh, to open it back up. Uh, so we will be easily. So even our prayer assault uh, will not work to close the portal. Chicken's not much of a sacrifice. D well, does she have any hogs? It might be all it takes as a chicken. I don't know. I don't know. I think a hog. Although, ho you know, I, I swear to God. <laughs> My father loved Eric Von Daniken, you know, uh, what's it called? The uh, Chariots of the Gods. Yeah. And I actually think, although he's full of crap and there's, there's a lot of stuff rebutting it, you know, I was poisoned by my father at an early age, you know, by the Eric Von Daniken books. And uh, yes, and I even have books rebutting it. But my father actually had the hypothesis, this is in the early 70s, that the reason why pork is not kosher, because my father was strange. He's an atheist for an awful long time. Mm -hmm. and, you know, something happened, and he actually got baptized in his 70s, but as a Congregationalist, oh. you know, and I did too, because you know, it was a pretty liberal little church. Yeah. Unlike the, because uh, our ancestors, like Moses Whittemore, who came here, my great-grandfather times seven, greats, you can go and great, 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 oh, go, I'll go back seventh grade. Yeah. Seven grade. So, you know, what's that? Ninth generation, tenth generation. He was a Puritan divine, a Congregationalist. And, you know, they used to use the homeostatic device to blow up pressure of executing witches. Which, by the way, an aside, which I'm very well known for, they just allegedly pardoned, well, they didn't allegedly, they pardoned Massachusetts. 
the government of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts pardoned some woman that had been convicted of witchcraft because some like uh, fourth grade class got involved. I find that very insensitive to mm-hmm. deny that there are witches. Mm-hmm. And my friend Jocelyn is a dis- direct descendant of you know who. Who? You know who. Oh. The Crucible. Oh. Yeah. It's terrible when you get old and somebody you've known their name all forever just drops out. The wow. guy played by uh, the three-time Oscar winner in the movie The Crucible. Uh, Come on, uh, folks. Who's the good Crucible? John Proctor. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think there really were witches. Yeah. And, and Arthur Miller will say the same thing if he was still alive. So maybe we'll go on Norman Friends and try to contact him. But I was trying to say, make some thing, some point here. It's like the old days where I just go off and uh, you know you're completely befuddled. <laughs> I'd say that uh, yes, we have to get to the bottom of this of the portal. Yeah, I bet Big Steve. Big Steve's very good at reading. Uh, well, I did cultural enjoy, patterns. I did enjoy. Uh, I did enjoy speaking with him. He's got that deep voice. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a good guest. Yeah, he's up there. He, uh, I think he actually does, and I don't want you to get offended. He is. He wrestles a Sasquatch, not a Yeti, but a Sasquatch. Well, that is. Uh, that does hurt my feelings that you would say something <laughs> like that. Just a cousin. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, a cousin, really? A consanguaneous branch. Oh, you can't even say that's uh, consanguaneous. Deeply, uh, deeply offensive. So you even think oh, they, oh, they do look an awful lot alike. Uh oh, here I am, folks. Put the camera on me. I'm, I, I, I'm so guilty of bringing it up. By the way, I think it's true. We're almost out of time, but uh, a quick thing. Uh, you mean I it took all last seventeen minutes just trying to uh, reason that out? Well. No wonder why she left me. Is it pronounced me- Mises? The, the Mises Caucus has taken control of the Libertarian Party. You're asking to reason.com. So I had a conversation about, uh, with uh, Daryl W. Perry. Who's that? He's a uh, former uh, uh, presidential candidate uh, for the uh, Libertarians. He is? And uh, yes. And I, I like Daryl very much. I, I ran into him. I, I got to meet his wife, Jackie. This was at last year's Juneteenth uh, celebration, actually. At the Hopknot. But uh, there's a lot of, uh, in libertarian circles, there's a lot of, uh, I think it's pronounced Mises or Mises uh, Caucus. It sounds like Fishy. They're like, uh, they're libertarians. Uh, Austrian but they're, uh, economics. They're known for being a bit racist. And, really? Uh, but they've been taking over the Libertarian Party. And uh, I, I did, uh, I shared this out earlier and I did tag uh, Daryl. Uh, it says here the caucus has uh, taken control of the Libertarian Party, dominating the convention body by more than two-thirds. The Mises or Mises caucus claims Mises. to offer an edgier, more libertarian organization, but foes accuse it of right-wing uh, deviationism and racism. Now, is that New Hampshire or the whole national party? Nationally, the, the National Libertarian Party. I think we should re- revive the Whigs. Yeah. We could run. Ooh. You have a good head of hair. Thank and you. And I could actually ask Joel Elber for a wig. That would be fantastic. Um, be in the history books uh, for something other than, you know, that time you went berserk. These are the people who, um, let's see. Mises. Let me scroll Mises. Mises. So, so just to give you an example, I'm, I'm skipping down here, but. 
it's an Austrian, based on some Austrian economist. It's probably a Nazi or something. The, well, yeah, there's something here I remember specifically. So it says here, the caucus's official platform is plumbline libertarian, but its foes say that too many caucus members and fans downplay libertarian positions that might offend the right and are intentionally obnoxious and bullying and are often racist. For example, the New Hampshire LP, a powerful vector of Mises Cossus messaging, tweeted on Martin Luther King Day, I remember this, actually tweeted out, quote, America isn't in debt to black people. If anything, it's the other way around. And then they, the tweet was later deleted, but I remember that vividly. Um, yeah. Is that uh, Carla Garrick and uh, Dave Ridley, are they involved in this? I would be very surprised if they were. Um, and I don't remember either of their names coming up in my conversation with Daryl and uh, Jackie. Well, they're about Republicans, uh, you know. Because that's uh, opportunistic. Well, that's the thing, you know, with these uh, these Mises people. Libertarians can't get on the ballot easily in New Hampshire, folks. It's no. five times harder for somebody to get a, a, a party to get on the ballot in New Hampshire than it is in California. And so we have 400 state reps, but most of them are just two parties. Yeah. Because of this. But, you know, I mean, you've heard me say it, that I, I've I learned over the course of the Trump administration that a lot of the, not all, not all. I know a lot of genuine libertarians, but a lot of libertarians are really just right wing conservatives who want to be able to smoke pot without the judgment of their peers and have sex with children. Well, I, I've never uh, said that. Uh, but oh, that's, there is one. Is he a libertarian? Or I, he I, I don't know who you're talking and I don't want to go near it. But, okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, because I mean, I, I was amazed at how many of them really just got all all in with Trump. Um, and I mean, what's libertarian about Trump? He wanted to cut some regulations. Other than that, it's like he's as big. He's as big state as anybody ever existed. All Yeah. All it took was for him to come along and say, uh Big business will be your government. Yeah, yeah. And hey, you know, authoritarianism is actually pretty cool. You should try it. And they all went, though, okay, I guess we love Trump now. So, again, I'm not talking about all of them. I don't want anyone to get upset. I know a lot of good libertarians who are genuine, but I, I but a lot of them, it's like they couldn't wait to get on the on the Trump train. And uh, what made them relevant? Because they're irrelevant. Yeah. We have a, uh, we don't have a parliamentary system. We have this corporate. People, don't, you know, people don't even basically understand that the two parties are private corporations. Yes. And the whole system, as much as there can be political you know, lawsuits and stuff, it's basically run by private companies. Look what, you know, Joe Biden got ramrodded uh, right uh, either up your wazoo, if you're thinking it that way, or down your trap, you know. <laughs> And it was the same with George W. Bush in 2000. The party tri oh, oh, came very close to keeping uh, John McCain off the New York State ballot. Yep. John McCain, for God's sake. Yep. Yes. And, uh, yeah, who also, uh, you know, received money from uh, Manafort and Ukraine. But, you know, we forget about those things. Um. Well, we are uh, we are running out of time, but I do. We are. I, we are. Uh, but I do look forward to seeing your program from this week. Uh, I'm, I don't. <laughs> Mike, was the program any good? <laughs> yes, it was. We, we see, see. If we, come on, speak up for it. If we we talked a lot about sports, went to kickball, went to the Celtics, uh, a little bit of Fisher Cats. Um, um, 
about my experience at the small college world series. Yeah. About my duties there. And then got sidetracked a little bit because of me talking with Gonzo about golf books and whatnot. But that, that was for like a brief minute, but it was a good show. Okay. And we did have a call. So that was a good, good thing. But you can't recall. Was it a man, a woman, or some unearthly thing? It was definitely a female. Well, that 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 that, that, that it, I don't hate to sound sexist, but that's more, it could be unearthly. Oh my goodness! What, what woman would want to call my show? Well, Gonzo is a sex spot. I they're wondering about what time the sex escapes will end, and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> okay, it was a real one, uh, uh, if we can define it that way. Uh, I'm really dating myself. Oh, she just wants to know when her widowhood will end. You know, right, right. Mm. Well, John Hopwood, thank you so much. Yeah, it was fine until I really got lost there after you brought up the uh, satanic vortex of the White House. Well, it uh, is uh, frightening, and I feel no, it's being underreported. So we need to be a- sucked out. We need to be aware. Uh, avoid the portal. Uh, Texas Mike, thank you. Thank you for having me, as always. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who called today, everybody in the Facebook live chat. And if you miss any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, mattconnerton.com. And don't forget, it is uh, industry Wednesday. night Industry night at the Hopknot. It, it is Wednesday, yes. Uh, Mc, Mel McMell says, nothing wrong with unearthly things. We secretly rule the world. Oh, oh my. Well, contact me, and uh, I'll give you uh, some of the... All righty. All right, we're going to leave you not with a song, but uh, what the hell, with a little more All in the Family. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, that's going to do it for us for now. I'll talk to you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody.